So hi everyone, um, welcome to Feminized. In our first episode of season two, we have Hiral Patni. Is that how you say your name? Because yeah. I was like Googling your <laughs> last name because I realized I hadn't seen your last name yet. So that's no, no, good. not nice. Um, and you are the founder of this amazing app called Amika. And it's an app for women trying to travel solo and meet other people while traveling solo. So um, what prompted you to start Amika? Um, so it was two years ago now, um, I think in 2019, in summer, um, I really wanted to travel and none of my friends were around and I thought to myself like I should just be able to book a solo trip um but something was obviously stopping me and I think it's because I didn't really have the confidence to go out and travel solo by myself and be assured that like when I went out there I would meet people because perhaps that wouldn't happen and then I would feel like um scared by myself um so mm-hmm. I kind of looked for something that would have allowed me to meet people in a sense where like if I didn't want to stay in a hostel or like if I you know wanted to um maybe be by myself for a couple of days but then like you know randomly meet people on uh, for dinner or whatever it might be um and I just couldn't find something like that um apart from you know there are like generic friendship apps but it's not something that I would think that caters to you when you're traveling solo um, yeah uh, especially not like one-off kind of experiences um so yeah I mean I uh that is kind of why well, that's like my kind of my why um and that's what prompted me I just it was a personal problem and when speaking to loads of people I realized that it was quite a universal problem as well yeah I think that's um you know amazing that you kind of saw something as a problem and decided that you were going to fix it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what have been the biggest challenges of kind of developing this app? Because, you know, I, I know you don't really have a background in app development. So what have been the biggest challenges in kind of taking it off the ground? um so that's definitely been one of them but it's also just so much wider it's like I don't have any experience in like building a business or like you know what like what tax means or just like random stuff like that that you kind of have to get to know um so literally like every part of the journey has been something new for me whether that is developing the app or understanding like marketing and marketing strategies like understanding you know what kind of how product development looks it's all been um completely new and like a very steep learning process um but I think it's exciting because it feels like something that's your baby so it's kind of like you're motivated to like keep on doing it which yeah is like sometimes hard when you know you're just you're trying to look for that motivation but it comes back to the fact that like you're like okay I know why I'm doing this so it becomes a little easier yeah yeah totally because you know especially you know like developing an app 
just if, if you don't really know where to start, it can be just really, um, just really daunting. And especially, you know, we talk about women in, in tech a lot um, mm -hmm. and how unequal things are, so to speak. Yeah. Um, what have been, you know, your biggest kind of difficulties entering that space? Um, it's really funny we talked about this but about how like when you say women in tech I don't feel like that's what I am because like yeah classic imposter syndrome um, but I think but you are you are a woman in tech you're oh, developing no. an app therefore like <laughs> you totally are a woman in tech now <laughs> okay because you said it I'll let, I'll let um, no I think it's definitely easier to kind of see um role models now like you have Sharmadine Reed like you have amazing people like that who you can look up to um and see like you know women in tech thriving but actually if you dig deeper into kind of even just like you know not startups but tech companies in general and then you look at the people funding them like all of the VCs like you see that there's very few women and that's you women of color so it's definitely a space that feels um empty and like a little bit void of who mm -hmm. I would want to look and see um in that space especially because no one yeah I just like it just it does feel very underrepresented um but I think that's changing I hope that's changing yeah um and you so you kind of you found an investor for Amika um what was that yeah process like do you think that you know to kind of build an app you you need an investor do you kind of you know do you feel like you wouldn't have been able to do the things that you're doing without an investor or do you think maybe you would have been able to do them it would have just maybe taken a bit longer or mm -hmm. how what was that whole process like yeah so a lot of people who have startups try to look for investment because they want to scale really quickly and they want to grow and they want to have kind of you know maximum impact in a short amount of time and when I say short I mean like five seven years but in like a product life cycle that's quite um short because you know like people how long have we had Instagram on our phones like forever yeah so I think there's something around like wanting to go quickly and like being able to have the resources to do that one of the ways is through startup funding um but a lot of startups are actually bootstrapped and they you know self-fund and they could like some of them grow really quickly but most of them have that like long-term kind of like stability um in mind when they do that when they approach it that way um and not all startups need to grow and scale really quickly. Uh, so it's, you know, completely up to the market that you're catering to, the product that you're putting out, like the founder, the team, their vision, like what do they want for their business? Um, and then there's things like grants and you can definitely go down that route and have like a little bit of cash injection to get you one step further. Uh, but, you know, like kind of if you know that you're going to, make revenue uh easily then start like a big pot of funding isn't something that you necessarily need um but there's lots of different ways to do it I think with what we're building 
um and like the fact that we do want to go global and like be able to scale into several different markets quite quickly it seemed like the right choice for us mm-hmm. that's really um interesting because you don't really hear a lot about those places also being self-funded mm-hmm. um yeah i think that's really really interesting and what kind of what has you know your your investors what has that allowed you allowed you to do in terms of your your vision what you want amika to be <laughs> um it's definitely allowed us to expand our reach and i think that's important because we then get to really know who we're building amika for so we have like a wider vision now of our community and potential users and we've also put some of that funding obviously into the product itself and like developing and refining that and it's kind of you have to look at it from like a 360 so it's like the marketing the product then like you as a founder like what else can you you know give that um like where do you allocate that so that it maximizes the return um it's definitely been helpful and I think also the thing about investors is like having the right one on board that can provide strategic advice is like gold dust um because I've had like horror stories of people getting funding and then like having investors call them at like 11 p.m on a Sunday being like like, what are you doing um so (laughs) having people that you know are experienced and know that you need the capital but you also need the space to be able to build your business um mm-hmm. and they like they, they make themselves available for advice but they're not gonna hound you to kind of take away energy from you needing to build your baby yeah that's that's really interesting as well because you know obviously they're putting in money but they also kind of have to respect I mean they invested in you for a reason they kind of yeah. also have to let you have the space to kind of be the person that they invested in so yeah exactly um, and that's why I would always suggest like get as far as you can without funding so that when you go to them you're like look at what we've done yeah without any this is like all the and that's kind of what our strategy has been is like this is what we did organically these are the structures that we've set up and like this is you know the wide variety of learnings that we have about our community and our potential users and now we just need cash to be able to accelerate those learnings and like actually have the maximum impact possible yeah that's amazing um so a little bit more on amika itself um you guys have a really amazing instagram community Mm -hmm. um you, you put out like really interesting um content um how but you guys are you guys are a travel app you are supposed to kind of do travel content which I think even in a pandemic is always like universal <laughs> um you know everyone is feeling a bit wanderlusty at the moment um so how kind of has the pandemic you know made you guys shift focus maybe with the content that you're putting out on Instagram you know when the pandemic hit what what were what did you think what were you thinking in that moment oh no <laughs> I blocked I it out because it was so traumatic <laughs> but I was like okay we can't launch that's fine what can we do and I was like how do we still provide value to people um 
in a pandemic where like no one can travel as a travel app and I was just like oh no but then we just listened like we listened to what our community was saying we listened to like you know what our um kind of the people that we were following travel bloggers etc like what kind of conversations that they were having and it's such a powerful thing to just like digest what you mm-hmm. see and like understand what your audience wants because we realized that like people were traveling but like they were coming back and kind of sharing like you know stuff on their instagram or maybe blog posts but there was no one place to collect that information so we set up a platform for people to share tips for traveling during covid um and that got like a sizable chunk of global members so we knew that you know people did like value that Mm -hmm. and then um earlier this year we launched our Facebook group for just general travel tips advice like people that we know from our community have actually moved abroad during the pandemic and they've been having loads of interesting conversations in that group um so we realized that when the pandemic hit like the most important thing for us was community and still being able to connect people and bring people together despite people not being able to travel so that's what we really really focused on and in terms of content like we knew that people still wanted to feel inspired like empowered um so you know we put out like we've done posts on like reframing negative thoughts how to be more assertive when you're by yourself like you know tips for nervous solo travelers that kind of thing like we know that Mm -hmm. that's be useful you know what community travel looks like what sustainable travel looks like um every time there's like a lockdown announcement we try to like create useful information that's digestible for people to understand so we've tried to listen as much as we can and like provide value on that basis yeah and that's I think really important kind of be able to pivot you Mm -hmm. know especially when you're a startup and you're just kind of getting things off the ground um and, you know, like I said, I really like the Amika Facebook, the, the Amika Instagram page. Um, and I love the fact that you guys have a Facebook group because I didn't really know that people used Facebook. So, oh, but like, no, this is so funny because literally like everyone I tell about the Facebook group, they're like, what, why? Like, what do you, what, why are you back on Facebook? Um, yeah. um, but actually, like, most of the really big solo travel groups are um like operate on Facebook and it wow I didn't know that yeah yeah. but it makes total sense because where else do you find a platform that you're already familiar with that you can interact with in a safe space so it's not like Instagram like you know you you're in this like little community you know that you can share like long stories posts you can ask questions like we approve everyone that comes into the group so Mm -hmm. it's already like a little like it's like a mini what we want to do with our app right like building this community um but it's just about creating this safe space and we were like let's just go back let's revive Facebook I think we're single-handedly driving people back to Facebook (laughs) yes I love that because you know it makes it makes so much sense when you're saying it but people don't really at least I didn't think that you could really go on Facebook and still there was still so much that you could do there um actually like someone the other day asked about like what people thought about like house swapping and like 20 people replied being like yeah like I thought about this like I want to go here here and here like this is how I would do it it's just so interesting and it's like you couldn't really have those conversations on Instagram because it doesn't 
you can you know people can interact with us and we love that but in terms of like facilitating people to interact with each other that's what the Facebook group hopes to do yeah that's amazing um so how how have you kind of how did you guys go about building community because build like community building is something that takes a long time and it takes a very kind of clear vision otherwise you know people come into the community that are not very nice and then (laughs) things can get disrupted so what kind of boundaries did you set for yourself ahead of starting Amika? So I think in terms of building community we said that if we put out something that is so like welcoming and friendly that when people come onto the page they feel like ah like this is cool like this is somewhere where I feel like I could be in terms Mm -hmm. of the digital space then the people that would reflect our content are the people that we'd want in the community so we always just focused on creating something super friendly like we said we wanted Amika to feel like a friend in terms of like how it is as a brand and we know that you know people that will be drawn to that are the people that really value friendship in their life and the people that you know want to be able to connect with other people and the people that are like open and like have a lot of love and just you know like and that's what we've seen like that's exactly what every single person in our community emulates and that's like so lovely to see um so we it's kind of like a mirror effect like whatever you're creating you'll attract that Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's really interesting whatever you create you'll attract I love that um (laughs) I love that that's such an interesting an interesting thought um and you were talking about earlier you were talking about imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. let's talk about imposter syndrome because you know especially as you know as women and I'm sure that you know you being a woman of color it has even more layers to that Mm -hmm. But, you know, when you're entering kind of this space, how do you talk yourself out of the negative thoughts, out of just being like, oh, I'm not sure. Do I have all the answers? How do I do this? How do you kind of acknowledge those thoughts and then keep going? Yeah, it's really hard. I think I always tell myself, okay, it's not that I don't know it. I just don't know it yet. And Mm -hmm. That's really helped me because when I was starting out, I was like, I literally know nothing. Like, I don't know where to begin. Like, I don't know how to build an app, how to create a business. Like, there's so many things along the way. Like, those are the big umbrella things. But if you look under the hood, like, there's so much that you're just like, what? How do I even work that out? Um, And I think I just kept telling myself, if you can learn it, like, there's nothing stopping you from learning it. So that's one thing is like realizing that if I don't know it, it's not that I don't ever know it. It's just that I don't know it yet. Yeah. And then the other thing when I get, I guess like when I get like really emotional about the fact that I'm like, oh, I'm not cut out for this. Like, like being a founder is really scary. Like I don't, you know, it it is scary. It's exposing. It's people like you know associating you with your brand. And Charmaine Reed again like wrote a really great medium article about how female founders are scrutinized um in a way that male founders aren't and they're associated with their businesses in a way that male founders aren't and it's like I like I want Amika to be it's like standalone thing like yes it's you know me driving it but it's also like a huge team like not a huge team it's like five of us but (laughs) 
our whole team and you know there's so many things that had to fall into place for this to happen like it's it sh- it deserves to be a standalone thing but yeah what I feel like scared about the fact that I'm a founder I just like try and look at everything really factually so I'm like okay this is what has factually happened with the business so far this is like objectively where it needs to go and rather than thinking about like the fact that I'm the person that needs to get it there I'm just like it just needs to get there and I'm gonna do that I don't know if that makes sense but it's like it's basically like trying to take the personality not personality sorry that's the wrong word but like the personal attachment to it out of it so it's just like okay this just needs to happen yeah I'll make it happen um and I think that lets you just like focus on the task rather than being like oh no like am I going to do it well like am I cut out for this like is it going to be like a horrible experience it's just like like for example if I ever have to pitch to like an investor I'm not like I do get really really nervous beforehand but as soon as I start talking I'm like okay factually this is what I can tell you about what we've achieved so far and that kind of like takes the I guess the emotion out of it which is sometimes helpful yeah that is also I think a really good advice because I think that you know as women you I don't know like you get kind of taught to care about things a lot more than you know men men will just like jump into things and be like oh, if it fails it fails eh, whatever who cares um but as women you kind of you realize that you are associated with your failures so yeah. when you have like a project you care about it so deeply because you know that if you mess up people are going to remember it forever you yeah. kind of like have to work twice as hard which is depressing but yeah. <laughs> you're still able to like push through it so I think that that's like really really cool um definitely there's definitely a difference between male and female founders and there shouldn't be but there is because when I speak to like my friends that are male founders and we're talking about like we need to prep for like, well I need to prep for this VC meeting like how am I going to do it and I'm like I need all of these facts like I need to you know know all of this detail and they're like no you don't you just go in there and you say this this and this and it's like very like you know like a very different angle um and I get quite like stuck into the detail because I'm like what if they grill me like I'm gonna need to know all the answers but actually Mm -hmm. sometimes it's okay to not know and just be like this is how we're gonna figure it out rather than being like you know scared that you don't know it yeah yeah (laughs) yeah I can I can imagine you just sometimes you just gotta improvise on the spot. Yeah. Just be like, <laughs> yeah, and being creative. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know. Like, I can't tell you. You know, sometimes how it's gonna happen, but I know where I want to be. Yeah. Or the other way around. Like, I know how I'm gonna get there. I don't know if it will happen, but mm-hmm. I'm gonna try. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what matters. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. So I'm gonna. Like you are, I'm going to call you a travel expert. Oh, no. You have a travel app, so you are a travel expert. And okay, I asked like, you last time as well. Sorry, can we, what? Can we add like a disclaimer that I'm not actually a travel <laughs> don't But I think that you are. I mean, you have to like big up yourself. Like I am a travel expert uh, and I am going to state these things. It's in my resume now. <laughs> um, 
I asked you last time what you what you thought you know the biggest travel trends are mm-hmm. now gonna be since you know people are starting to talk about ending lockdown and you know Greece is talking about opening its borders in like in mid-May so what do you think uh how do you think people are going to travel when lockdown ends I think that will definitely be a focus on like slow travel so that's like people traveling for longer amounts of time and like you know really soaking in their destination um rather than like jumping to lots of different places and I think people will really want to get immersed in like the local cultures um we might see more like move from Airbnb like hotels to Airbnbs or just like you know whatever it takes to get that local experience because people realize that they've been you know stuck in their own countries and absorbing their own cultures for far too long um so you know that fully like immersive experience I think also people might travel um closer to home perhaps because they know that you know there is still a risk that you could get stuck somewhere so wherever it's easier to get home from but that still doesn't mean you know you can't go somewhere really exciting Mm -hmm. um I think people will still you know go on staycase like I think like that was it was a thing kind of uh, before beforehand but I think people you know it's become more of a norm so it's like yeah you know if we do want to go away for a weekend and we can't travel abroad like let's just go to you know the Cotswolds wherever um and I asked my friend this the other day and I was like do you think people are gonna still go on walks like when you know like lockdown lifts he was like I'm tired of going on walks I can't she was like no here like everyone will be in the pub and I was like okay um but you know like walks are an activity that now you're just like oh like like people we can do that like you, you know you wouldn't think of it as a um common thing before um so things that you know like have been ingrained as like a new new norm perhaps will stay but I think like equally like human beings are so adaptable we'll probably just go back to like traveling all over so yeah that's my um non-professional predictions (laughs) um I think that that's actually really interesting because I don't don't know if you've read this but if you haven't you should there was an article on the guardian um about this this great journalist writing about how she's tired of going for walks mm-hmm. and how going for a walk is like a very British thing because no one else like just they just don't just walk without a destination. Yeah. So <laughs> I thought that, that was like really, really interesting. So it was it was funny to hear you say that. Um, <laughs> what are your like top three travel destinations that you just know that you have to go there before you die Uh, (laughs) um where do I want to go there are so many places it just depends like at what time of day you ask me like if I'm really (laughs) cold I would say like get me to an island ASAP um I really want to go to South America and just like spend loads of time there and travel around um because I think it just looks so beautiful and like love the food so would be very happy there um also really want to go to japan see the cherry blossoms i feel like that's something that i definitely want to do um and 
And where else? Just put me like on an island in the Caribbean and I think I'd be happy. My skin like really needs some sun right now. So that would probably be my first choice. (laughs) Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. (laughs) Um, All right. So I think that that's that's it. Those are all my my questions. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for like sticking by this whole messed up audio situation um yeah thank you so much for for being on this episode and good luck with getting amika off the ground is there like a a date that you guys are thinking about launching or is that still not something that you're thinking about we're planning for end of april yay that's yeah very exciting you're like the first like non- um like, like person that hasn't like listened to me rant about Amika for the last year like, <laughs> about that. um so let very lucky to your listeners I guess <laughs> yay good luck I'm thank gonna be rooting for it yay. rooting for you thank right, you thank you so much I really appreciate it you too um, and uh yeah thank you and I once again you're an angel Thank you so much for like writing this out. (laughs) I really appreciate it.